0: Welcome to Each One Reach One, a podcast for educators by educators. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are the speaker's own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of any school district or anyone else. The material and information presented here is for general information purposes only. Each One Reach One, a podcast for educators by educators in all forms and abbreviations are the property of its owner, and its use does not imply endorsement of or opposition to any specific organization, product, or service. Welcome to my first episode. Here's your host, Shay, or Ms. New, if you're in my classroom. So today, I just wanted to bring you all into who I am as an educator um, and who I am as an individual, because they both go hand in hand. So. I'm just going to start by sharing my very unique journey into education and how it all started. Um, So I had my very brilliant 12 year old daughter when I was a junior in college. I was married to her father at the time. Um, It was not a good situation to be in, to be that young, 20 years old, trying to finish your bachelor's degree I'm in a volatile situation. You know, the marriage was not good, and just figuring out who I was and what I wanted to do with my life. I did end up graduating in December of 2012, um, due to my persistence. Got a divorce as well, and I decided that I wanted to be a teacher, but I did not want to go back um, to school immediately for a degree. It just was not in the cards for me at that point. I was exhausted. So I started to look for alternative teaching routes in South Carolina at the time, did not have many. Um, my oh my, we know that that is not the case now, but this was 2014. So I looked in our neighboring state of Georgia and I became a Georgia teaching fellow. This was after my Teach for America application was, you know, I made it to the second round of interviews, then make it past that. Um, so i have on a different route. Now, Georgia Teaching Fellows or GTF is no longer in existence. But during our time there, it was kind of like the little sister of TFA. They did not assist with housing. So that was something that we had to figure out on our own. Um, it was just a lot of Pull yourself up and get it done, which really should have been my first clue into what the education game was all about. But, you know, I didn't go to school for this. I was learning. And, boy, did I learn. Georgia teaching fellows consisted of 12-hour unpaid days. Yes, you heard that right. Unpaid. We spent our mornings doing summer school with our whole school. Um, I taught fourth grade math. And I think that's why I looked into elementary school as my first position, because I was comfortable with the standards. I didn't want to have to learn something else in addition to learning the entire profession. Funny enough, we only had one student in the fourth grade class, so that's who we taught. Um, It was myself and two other ladies. And we spent our afternoons and evenings learning how to teach, how to become teachers, how, you know, classroom management work, How parent contact should go, how IEPs are structured, but not, you know, very structured, just a loose space because we don't know what district you're going to be in. Um, Thankfully, I was able to get a room with some very amazing people. And I do say a room because this is how much we wanted to teach and how strapped for cash we were. There was four grown adults living in a one bed, one bathroom apartment. And I just wanted to shout out my mermaids slash roomies, uh, Raissa, Greg and Ms. Marquette, wherever you are, I hope you're doing well. Uh, we, we thugged it out and we made it work and <laughs> I cannot say that it was easy to be in that kind of space during this type of transition in life, but those people made the experience worth it by far. Um, They introduced me to, you know, Atlanta living because I had no idea. I'm from South Carolina. That's where I was born and raised. So just shout out to y'all and I hope y'all doing good. Fast forward through my GTF days. You spend the summer, you know, learning how to teach and then you get a job and send you out for interviews. So I went to my very first interview and got the job as a fourth grade Interrelated Resource Teacher or IRR. So the way the program worked, if you were not specialized in math or science or, you know, a very specific field, like, you know, a language area, if your bachelor's was not in something like that, then you taught special ed. Um, At first, I saw it as like a burden because I knew nothing about special ed. I was not a special ed student. No one in my family at the time was a special ed student. I had no connection to it. So, I wasn't sure that I was going to be able to be the teacher that those students really needed, given my lack of experience, um, which is, you know, the profession itself, and then with this particular part of the profession. But if I wanted to teach, that's what I was teaching. Went out to my first interview at the elementary school, got that fourth grade IRR job. Um, I thought it was a very good thing, you know, I was excited. Starting out in 2014, got my daughter out here. We're going to do our thing. And Jesus, um, I grossly, grossly underestimated what it meant to move away from my family and to really just have myself as my child support system. I'm setting up my first ever classroom, which it was garbage because it just was, you know, your first classroom, you're a teacher, you don't know how to decorate. That's how it looks. Struggle. Anyway, um, my daughter got sick in the daycare call, and I had to go pick her up, and I let my assistant principal at the the time know, uh, Dr. Bob shout out to you if you're listening, but I let her know, um, you know, I have to go get my daughter. I don't have anyone here, so I have to leave work. I know I'm a new employee, so this, this looks, you know, how it looks, and I really appreciated how she took the time to just, like, stop me and reassure me, like, she has you, and That right there was kind of like what I needed to know. Me and my baby can make it, you know, like if I'm here, she has everything that she needs, period. Um, And that's really what kind of got me into the mindset of I can live in a different state and I can forge a way no matter what. So, you know, I got my daughter, we went home and I've got my classroom together the next day because that's what had to get done. Um, My first year was difficult. It felt like a trap. Um, I had no idea how to really teach people's kids, yet I was teaching people's kids. I learned a lot of things on the fly that year. Uh, There was no new teacher program. So in 2014, it was really just filling bodies in and there was really not a process on how to do it. So it was it was hard, you know, then I felt like my teammates were not really my teammates. I felt like I was being set up on some fronts for things I just really did not know. Towards the end of the school year, my very first year, I was like, middle school might be my calling because I just I don't think these babies are for me. Fourth grade is just not what I thought it was going to be. So I put in a transfer request that did not go through as I hoped. So as a result, I was definitely hit hard by my leader at the time. And let's just say I'm glad that person has retired and hopefully found some peace with themselves. Fast forward to my second year, and it was a great year. That's definitely the year that I found my teaching family, my very first teaching family. So, Rayad, Howard, Weeks, Buchanan, if you're listening, you know, that year, fourth grade, really was home. And y'all taught me how to teach. Y'all taught me how to believe in what I was trying to do for myself. So, thank you for just basically telling me, like, I did not make a mistake making this my profession. Um, But just a really solid team that year. Special ed team was really solid. Ms. Holland had my back. Um, just a lot of great people. Houseworth taught me a lot. And I'm just thankful for my first two years in education because it really propelled me into thinking like I was supposed to be doing this. My third year, I moved up to middle school finally. Got to teach 6th grade math. Um, Funny enough, my elementary school AP helped me get that position. So, When we say education is a small world, we absolutely mean it. It is too small. Too small. But that's another episode. Um, We had the dream team that year in 6th grade math. I had a very, very good mentor in my beloved Miss Ollie. Um, She taught me how to run a lab, how to work with people of varying, you know, backgrounds and how to approach students in a loving but stern manner. And I, I hope that, you know, I'm making her proud to this day, just the love that I still pour into this and the way that I choose to lead and interact with my colleagues. I just hope that Miss Ollie's watching and she's proud of that because I do it in memory of her, most definitely. Um, I was given a lot of leadership like opportunities when I first got to middle school which was new for me because the elementary school I felt like a burden but in the middle school I felt like I was in place like I could do this in my sleep the kids got it curriculum cool so I was made the math um, avid representative if you don't know what avid is it's the advancement via individual determination yes still remember even though I'm not at an avid school Great, great program to get students collegiate ready. Um, but it was new to the school at the time. Math was pushing back. So we had to get someone in there that could kind of appeal to them on a different side and make things translate to math. Because if you've ever worked in a school, right, your teachers are very set in personality, especially when you get to like middle and high school. We're specialized. I'm just going to say a math teacher and an ELA teacher are not the same people. Uh, we're just not. I'm biased in math. We're just a, we just go with the flow. We're math. We know there's always going to be an answer at the end of the day. It doesn't matter how we get there. We just don't get there. So I really enjoy being trusted with just coming in, being the new kid on the block and being respected enough to be like, hey, I think that you can do this if you think that you can do this. And again, who was leading the avid efforts? Dr. Bot Knight. And her leadership made me realize I was a leader because I had no intentions of leadership before I met her. Um, One thing I just definitely want to say, like, ooh, y'all know who y'all are. I'm just going to say your names. My, my beloved Delaney Woods, Thompson, formerly Thompson, you know. Mosley, Pruitt, the squad, okay? The BC aka's, we were deep we were loving, and y'all are definitely one of my favorite groups, and there will never be another group like you all that I would ever work with, that I know. That, (laughs) I know. But, yeah, 6th grade year definitely was just a it made me feel like, dang, I did not mess up my entire life by moving out to Georgia and throw myself off by thinking I wanted to be a damn teacher. Like, 6th grade year, that made me relive that hope that's also the year i started getting my microsoft credentials because the leadership team at the time or you know aka the dream team as folks recall um they were big on not just improving themselves but also improving their staff members so they got us all certified as microsoft innovative educators and that's where my love for microsoft basically took off from there. I became a Microsoft Innovative Educator expert, then a trainer, then a master trainer, having trained over like 2,000 people at this point in life over Microsoft and their tools. Um, became the technology showcase lead for the school, the only showcase school in the state of Georgia. Okay? Um was leading a team helping other teachers get certified when I became an administrator, so they poured a lot into me and I am grateful for that, most definitely. My second year in middle school, I got my own grade level and my own math team. By far, the hardest year of my life. Personally, I was going through some terrible things. You know, that second divorce was just one of that caught me way off guard. So I'm leading a team. I'm finding out that the home front, I'm being lied to. Uh, my team is not that great. Cause seventh grade, I'm gonna tell you, you have a seventh grader. They're hell, y'all. They are hell. If you know one, you live with one, you got one in your family They, you think they're sweet, they're cute, cool. Yeah, they all that. They're also hell. I got my own, so I know this. You have to be half crazy and all the way off to teach seventh grade and to survive teaching seventh grade. And my folks were not fully crazy enough, you know. Um, so that was a very tough year, but... I got to shout out my my administrator, Willer. He definitely taught me how to push through in situations like that by leaning on people that really believed in you. Um, When he said he had my back, I believed it. When I had to step out and I needed someone to be on the hall who I knew was going to be there, he was there. There was no question about it. And I definitely learned how to be a leader from the folks that I work with on the middle school level because they really really taught you how to keep your human side alive which quite frankly I'm not seeing these days so little did I know like my golden time in education were you know 2016 to 2018 but hey after that got convinced of to move into administration the interview process for that was it was kind of interesting like I feel like I got hazed a bit y'all Like, we had to send in emails with very particular directions and had to have certain subjects and save the PDF in a certain manner. You know, whatever. I got the job. You know what it is. And (laughs) my very first year in administration, the dream team broke up. All the men went off to, you know, bigger and better things, like jobs with Microsoft or their own schools and come in APs. And then I had my, my mom's who were there, and they were not happy about how things played out. And here I was, the brand-new, fresh-faced kid on the you know, admin team. And, <laughs> yeah, you know. You know, black women in change, how we can be. Um, that year, I wanted to learn. I was hungry to learn, and I had a fire. But that definitely was snuffed out by... How the leadership team changed, how the admin team changed, and then just how people seem to be more for themselves than for the betterment of the students in the betterment of the building. So, my very first year as an admin was my very first experience working with educators who were just plain ignorant, y'all. Like, who we? I was given a lot of responsibility. I knew I was going to have it going in, and I was cool with that. That's when I learned how to do, you know, I'm going to spit off a bunch of acronyms just to get on your nerves if you're not an education, but I was a 504 coordinator. I bought MTSS to the school, led SST efforts. Tier 2 and Tier 3 was refined under me. That sound like gibberish, don't it, if you don't know what I'm talking about. But now nah, MTSS, Multi-Tiered Systems of Support, was brand new. Um, my very first year as admin, and as the 504 coordinator and a student support team chair, I was on the team, right? Or was most of the team because most of the kids fall under me. The kids who need help or intervention in reading and math um, or behavior was that's also an area that we work with. And I've poured a lot of myself into how do I make this easy for my teachers? Because I remember as a teacher that's what made me more motivated. If I had to do something, make it easy. Then I'm gonna do it. If it's hard, I'll do it, but I'm gonna drag my feet and I'm gonna make it mad first, but I'm gonna do it. So, you know, I built websites, I trained, I supported, I did as much as I could. Like those three years under that kind of leadership really pushes the kind of person that you are as an individual. And I had to lean a lot on people in the building for that. Like I'm just going to shout my folks out because they're my folks. Um, <clears throat> Glenn Nervin, like one of the best coaches I've ever worked with Samson IT. Like Samson had my back. He's my brother to this day. Battle, the ladies, you know, in the counseling suite, Miss White, Miss Harrison, got Miss Alderson, and Miss Wilson in the front office. T Jack, Reed, Stewart, I love y'all. Like those three years were definitely the kind of three years that made you say, Who are you? Bump what's going on around you, but what are you gonna do for these kids, for these teachers, for these parents? Who are you? And i'm I'm gonna say like i'm damn proud of myself because i gave my all y'all and i'm proud of what i did those three years there for my staff for my students for my parents um and for myself shit because it definitely upped the game i learned how to be hungry if i want to be hungry After three years on the middle school admin level, I was asked to get to the high school, help open up a brand new STEM school. That was fun. You know, I I had my own little like office. I felt like a real AP at the time. The science administrator, special ed administrator, technology administrator. Um, I was over new teachers for three years at the middle school level. So I kind of had a break on the high school level. But now I'm monitoring and I'm over the SST and 504 coordinator instead of doing that kind of work so you know i thought i was big shit y'all i really did and it felt like big shit because i had autonomy there like whatever i wanted to do i got to do as far as i made a credit recovery program for students helping them learn how to like just organize get those executive functioning skills down pat how to take notes um how to have these conversations with teachers on bringing up your grades things like that I got to create flyers and teach kids how to make websites like that's the kind of stuff I really like doing. So starting those kind of programs and really learning how to be a good administrator to a staff that did not know me was something I took a lot of pride in. I will say throughout my entire educational career, um, that position is the one that I felt like burned me out the most. And I think it's because I've had the dealings and I had the responsibilities of an assistant principal, but my official title was administrative assistant. That is a teacher paid position. And that kind of position preys on folks who wants to, you know, they want to be a leader. So you're willing to take less money and do those roles because you're trying to push yourself to be there However, it's not right in some point because if there's only one principal and one AP, you are doing AP duties. For example, I was a testing coordinator, had the highest completion rates of all the high schools in full, in the county. Ha! Huh? In the county. Um, and I'm just going to say, like, that took work. That took dedication, and that was all done on teacher pay. So it humbles you. And there's something that I just don't like about being humbled in certain ways. I don't like being humbled with my money. So my mental definitely took a slide that last year um, in administration. And I started looking for remote jobs, jobs that just required a little less of me because I was burnt out. Fast forward to March 2022, Um, I left education. I thought I was, you know, done, done and walking away for good. Took a remote job with a tutoring company. Um, Was a virtual tutoring manager. Got to manage a team online and, oh God, it was so much fun, y'all. Like, it was like, oof. I knew how to train and support adults because I had done that with my teachers for, you know, three and a half years, four years. And I got to do that with so many different people. And it taught me like even more about myself as far as educating others. I built a landing page, so if we had meetings and stuff, you're in the, you know four different time zones trying to work things out. Like all my team knew how to go find the information that they needed. They knew who to get support from. It was. It taught me that I was more than just someone who could teach. I, I was also a person that could switch gears and completely be a different individual. So for eight solid months, I was that person. And then I was let go in the big tech layoff of November 2022. Um, a month prior to that, I was diagnosed with PMDD or premenstrual dysorphic disorder, which is a severe and heightened response to your menstrual cycle. It occurs every single month. Um, severe depression, severe anxiety, um, very draining on your mental. So it definitely made me realize why I was so tired and why I was so burnt out at that last school. I think I spent the last maybe year and a half before I was diagnosed experiencing the effects of PMDD before I actually had my diagnosis and my antidepressant to assist me. I thugged it out. You know, I'm, i kicked off my small business a little bit, got my nails, press on nails going, and I tutored online. I did what I could to make sure that bills were paid, but I was not stepping foot in the building as I try to give myself grace on this diagnosis and understanding of who I am now. And here I am, you know, July 2023, I'm thinking, I'm ready, I can do this again. I had a job in South Carolina, I lined up. And I got a call out the blue to see about a job here in Georgia. So I ended up staying for the job here. I'm back in the classroom of the seventh grade special ed teacher. And I can wholeheartedly say that even with my mental in check, even with you know my diagnosis present, my antidepressant in my system, I can't do it anymore. And that's why this podcast is so important to me, because I love education. I love helping and teaching others. I love being a parent advocate and working with parents to get the best help possible for their students. I do not love going to work and being drained by every single stakeholder possible, by parents, by students, by administrative staff, by so-called support staff. And I think that's what a lot of educators are experiencing these days and we can't complain about it because we're not allowed to and that's why this podcast is for us and by us because damn it we need to complain we're people and if you want people with my resume with my kind of background teaching your students you have to listen and you have to figure out how to help us make it right so we'll stay otherwise you're going to have high school seniors in your kindergarten class trying to teach kids phonics. It's already happening. And I want teachers to know we are professionals, we matter, and who we are outside of our titles and our roles matter. We do this work because our heart is in it, but it does not mean we have to give our life just to do this job. So this season, on each one, reach one, a podcast for educators by educators. I'm going to interview a number of teachers who have left the education field, whether it was completely altogether, left the state, or even the country. We're going to talk about their journeys and what made them say enough is enough and why I'm done. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I look forward to seeing you next Sunday at 8. Each one, reach one.